Hey, listeners and, and, and watchers from the Watchers Council in London. I don't know. You see, you go with the Buffy thing. I was thinking of, like, Marvel. Yeah, you would, you friggin' nerd. What If is coming out, so they're going to have the Watcher <laughs> featured in What If. Yeah, 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 right. Um, this is Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP, and I'm here, as always, with Father Chuck. Hey, I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a white-on-white Aloha shirt Aloha, today. Sir. You're wearing a black T-shirt, so we're sort of like our opposites today. Um, you know, I'm, I'm slamming in the back of Dragulas today. I, I think I, I think I just saw uh, the Willem Dafoe portrait just sort of shake its head. Why he is too? <laughs> That's true. If, he's the most metal thing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, we we hope you liked our our bookstore jamboree episode, uh, our Christian bookstore jamboree, and we also hope you liked that uh, we got we got a video floating around out there. Um, so good. But just a, it's just so a good. taste. I, uh, I, I just want to say I went to watch it with like the intent of just sort of like I'm going to watch just a little bit of it. Yeah. I watched the entire thing. Like I got nothing done in my morning because I watched the whole thing. And it was it was it was very entertaining for me to watch it just as a viewer. Oh, I'm glad you um, because there were little surprises. I didn't know that you 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 did a lot of you did a lot of researching and inserting and you know uh-huh. I, I my, my heart to use the language of uh was it john wesley my heart was strangely warmed when i uh when i saw the the the, the clips from uh the moment of truth yeah um uh i mean you exciting. know the the whole uh if you're interested check the whole the whole movie is on youtube oh is it uh the truth company is now known as the truth soul armor company i guess truth soul well, armor they, they they always call themselves truth soul armor like that was okay. sort of their yeah give them a search on youtube and like all of their stuff is on their channel oh that's fun yeah so so there you check it out um but yeah i i hope you guys liked it uh, i was going to make like an official announcement but i'm sure we have plenty of listeners who don't probably don't keep up with us on social media and stuff so i'm just going to say like we're kind of we're kind of mixing up the format a little bit um, we're kind of refocusing on the audio version of the podcast, and the there isn't really going to be a video version of the podcast anymore. What you're going to get is a kind of highlight reel of what you would get from the full podcast in video form with some cool treats added in. Uh, so it's a very condensed version of what you're listening to here. Um, but you know, it's it's also very visual, and um, it's just I can't. <laughs> Things are changing. Um, I thought I would have a new computer by now. I thought I would be living in a in a new apartment by now, um, and I thought that making uh, hour and a half long videos would would get easier. And it has not, <laughs> and the views have not gone up. <laughs> so uh, we're kind of scaling back a little bit uh, on the video front. And we hope that doesn't uh, disrupt the five people that were watching it regularly on YouTube. <laughs> well, the uh, I mean, the, the the highlight reel already has like way more views than like most of our videos. Yeah, combined. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, the um, the other thing is is you know this whole the, the whole video thing in the internet is right. It's a, it's sort of a fascinating story mm-hmm. because wasn't it like 
Zuckerberg who tried to convince the internet that video was the future. And so yeah. like a number of big websites particularly cracked, mm-hmm. like went all in on that. And that's actually kind of what killed cracked. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. A lot of publications pivoted to video because of Facebook's uh, ginned up numbers. Right. Uh, and it just caused a lot of businesses to lose just, just tank and just hemorrhage money. <laughs> and I could have told you that video, that no, it's not, no. <laughs> it's, it's two different audiences I've learned. Yeah. You know, there's a YouTube audience and there's a podcast audience. And I tried to do some crossover. Maybe if I got the podcast audience listen to the YouTube stuff, wasn't happening. Um, because, you know, podcast people, they like to listen to podcasts while they do stuff. They want it in the, right. into, the it, it gets into the rhythm of your life. You know, you, you, you listen to us while you commute to work. While you're folding socks, while you're, I don't know, doing whatever, spacing out, right. going to bed. Right. Uh, and and the people who view, they, they want to watch you, you know, like answer questions while sitting in a hot tub wearing yeah. like nothing <laughs> or like sell your old socks and stuff. Yeah. Or play, yeah. yeah well, you, 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 you're not you're not passively watching is the point. Or the hot tub water. I mean, you could sell that right. too. <laughs> you could sell that too. Yes. <laughs> uh, we might try that. Um, so yeah, I I hope you guys enjoy that video. That's going to be sort of the norm. Um, one, maybe two, depending on the subject, who knows? Um, so we hope you like it and let us know, uh, with whatever feedback you have. And also I do want to make an announcement, Chuck. Mm. Uh, we have our first, uh, uh, person who decided to, to, to be like Mike and become a patron to the podcast. I want to I want to uh welcome Hoyt to Ooh. uh the official mod squad. Nice. Uh thank you for your donation. It is uh kindly appreciated. He's my cousin, by the way. <laughs> um an avid listener. Oh, very good. <clears throat> very good. Be like Mike. So, yeah, be like Mike. Go to the Patreon and uh or your boy to... like Hoyt. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a <laughs> That's good. I, uh, I, uh, I kind of want to like find a Gundam for him or something. <laughs> he does like Gundam. Remember, he, he's remember good... we did that? We, we, we used to promise people if you give us money, we'd give you a Gundam yeah, or that whatever. Was, that was back in the day, man. Way back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I used to have like these boxes of just like built Gundams. I, I donated them all. Yeah. Did we send one to Mike? I don't think we did. We sent one to Funston. Yeah. But I, and I think I still have mine somewhere. I need to, I mean, I've got a bunch of unbuilt ones and the boys and I keep talking about building them. So <laughs> there's also like a great Weibo store not around, not too far from here that sells them. So I could just, yeah. If you'd that. like to donate some Gundams to the show that we can put together <laughs> and give back to you after you give us money, that would be, we would appreciate that <laughs> for that. What we should do, actually, what I should do is I should just accumulate a bunch of Jesus junk. And that's what like, <laughs> oh, dude, remember when, sorry, I know we're not even getting to that top, topic yet. But like, do you, like, when like, you know, like the mystery boxes yeah. were like a thing, right? Oh, like we, Loot Crate kind of, and stuff? Loot Crate. Like, I wish we we had the means to kind of make our own yeah. themed Loot Crate with like a, I mean, think about, it's like a, a Christian bookstore in a box. You get, right. you know, we'd send you like. We didn't you Joel Osteen's book and <laughs> the smiley face plastic ring, perhaps. Yeah, the one that you stole. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we would, uh, you know, a Christian T-shirt. Totally. You know, 
some compilation Christian album like Seltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know. When I come to Hawaii, this mythical trip, let's let's make some stuff. Let's make some crafts. Let's make some. It'll be like going to Christian summer camp when you when you made crafts. You know. So like, because Hawaii is so far away from everything. Yeah. Um, mail order stuff is not as like it's still a big thing but it's not as widespread as it is on the mainland really so as a result of that there's still a lot of like niche stores so like there are collectible stores here and there is a very good large christian bookstore huh interesting so we we could do like little like vignettes okay film us perusing places that no longer exist on the on the mainland that'd be fun that'd be cool I mean, there's uh, a there's a Japanese there's a Japanese stationery store that uh, my that, that uh, my my eldest son really likes that yeah. uh, specialize. It's like a hobby and stationery store, so they have a ton of Japanese models, like Gundam and like all kinds of other random things, um, and all the stuff to make. Anyway, it's, it'd be fun. <laughs> cool. Well, let's go ahead and pivot into our topic organically. Uh, <laughs> This week, we decided to talk about summer camp, an age-old American tradition that kids are still doing to this day. Yes. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> I was kind of being facetious. Are they? I feel like I don't really hear oh, about yeah. it very much. Well, I mean, in the pan- oh, yeah, no, because it's been like a big, it's been in the news about like the pandemic and stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I know that it's particularly a big deal for Jewish kids to okay. go to camp. All right. Um, and I learned that just from living in Boca and working at a school in Boca that like camp was like, you know, all the among all, all the Jewish families, like going to camp was like a big thing. Um, and that's like but that's like stay there the whole summer kind of summer camp, not like go for a week kind of summer camp. Yeah. Interestingly, I, and part of why we're doing this is because I was why we didn't have an episode last week is I was at a summer camp. I was right. a chaplain for an elementary school summer camp. And I learned that. Summer camp is not is not necessarily a big thing in Hawaii. Huh. Um, and then the, a lot of the kids who come to summer camp are kids who like are in the military and stuff, and that's like where they come from. That's just what they do. So they, those families look out look look out for summer camps. But um, like kids who like born and raised in Hawaii don't, from what I understand, don't do summer camp nearly at the level of like kids in the mainland do. That's partly because I know like a lot of Hawaiian families, and I mean like like Native Hawaiian families. They actually will like set up. It's the, the this is the strangest thing to me. Like not strange, but you know, just different compared to like Florida. Is that you have people who will set up tents all over beach parks for the summer and just live there in their tent for the summer, like at the beach, right. because right, you know, access to the beach is the birthright here in Hawaii. So, um, so that, that's why they don't do summer camp because they just camp on the beach <laughs> for the summer. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it, the wilderness is basically in your backyard, you know, why even, you know, go away somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. Um, cool. So we're going to talk about summer camp and our own yeah. sort of experiences. Um, and plus, you know, we are in the, it's basically in the dead of summer, uh, the most miserable time of the year, for me mm-hmm. at least. I don't know. I'm a fall guy. You know, I'm a, I'm a fall early spring gentlemen 
Mm. I do enjoy fall. Um, Hawaii doesn't really have seasons. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's yeah, but um, you know, I, I do I do enjoy I do I do enjoy a good good crisp fall morning. Yeah. Um, you know, and we were going to talk about sort of Christian summer camps, but, you know, I actually, I went to a Christian summer camp when I was very young and I don't remember any of it. I remember there was a costume party and I dressed up as Robin Hood Jr. And that's it. (laughs) That's all I remember. Uh, although I do know that the camp itself actually is pretty famous kind of a place where like if you grew up in Dallas you you went to this campus called Sky Ranch and they were famous for uh I mean their big thing was like they had the blob which I'm sure I know most summer camps have the blob but like that's why everybody went is because they went do you, do you know what the blob is I don't you don't know what the blob is ladies and gentlemen I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast now who has been to summer camp knows what the blob is uh the blob is like this really big air cushion that's like floating out like on a lake or a river or a pond. And they have like a big staircase that goes way, way, way up. Uh, I've seen – I've never experienced this, but I've seen – I mean there's plenty of Jackass episodes where they play. Yeah. Right yeah. Right. Yeah, because you jump on it and then like launch somebody else off of it. Yeah. 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 That was a, a big tradition at Sky Ranch, a big selling point at Sky Ranch. See, in Florida, you can't have things like that because the lakes are populated with all kinds of reptiles that will kill you. Sure, sure, right. So you don't you don't really swim in lakes in Florida. No, 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 no. You don't. You don't. No, they're, no. They're, they're, they are nightmares. Right. Underneath, yeah. the, underneath the water. Little there. portals to hell, actually. Um, yeah. Not really. No, just just, just, a, just a, a valley of hell mouths. You know, because it's uh, you got your you got your, your poisonous water snakes. Yes. And you, you got your, you got your alligators. Uh-huh. Um, and then you also got the brain eating amoeba that live in the sediment at the bottom of these things. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't have many memories of Sky Ranch, the the one Christian summer camp I went to, because I was just just really young. Um, but I do know it was the only camp for some reason. Even as young as I was, I was I was not homesick. <laughs> But the other camps I went to, I told her, "Oh, hmm. oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about some homesickness, brother." But one thing that Chuck and I have in common is that we both went to space camp. When did you go? I went. Let's see. I believe it was like it was after sixth grade, before seventh grade. So, really? how old would I have been? You got homesick when you're the. Listen, man, I told you it's an embarrassing story, okay? I was much too old to be homesick. Okay, all right. So, okay, that's that's interesting. I went to space camp when I was like nine years old. Um, I had just seen Jurassic Park. And I went to visit my sister. We went to Disney World and Universal Studios. And they took me to space camp. And I spent a week there. It but, was the same summer. Sorry, I'm just saying. It was the same summer that Apollo 13 came out. Oh, okay. Interesting. Cool. So what year was that? That was like 95, 96. At least summer 95. <clears throat> um, no, really? I believe it That's was. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look at Yeah, 95. That's 1995. Oh, God. That means I was, I was 13 years old. <laughs> 
12. I was 12 years old. See, I I was too young. I shouldn't have gone. Like, you actually, they had a they have a rule at Space Camp. I don't know if they still have it. But back then, you had to be 10 years old or older. But there was a bit of a loophole. I was 9, but I was turning 10 in, like, a few weeks. So they allowed me to come in. But still, too, probably too young. <laughs> because I, dude, just... Let's get in. We're gonna we're gonna get into the stories, all right? I, so tell I, me I about like, space camp. I feel camp. like a what? lot of our. I will say I feel like a lot of our listeners. There's probably most of our listeners who talk about camp are because this is something I've experienced in my life. Yeah, is that when I've let people know that I've been to space camp, uh-huh. that's like all anyone wants to talk about. Okay. Like I, I like in seminary, I mean, it was one of those sort of like you know, say your name, you know, and then like where you're from, and like some random tidbit about yourself. And so I would say like I went to space camp. Like it just. Through in my head, and when I did that, I had a group. Of, I had two guys come over, and both ended up becoming friends of mine. They, they they sat next to me, and they were like, "Okay, I have to know, did you win Double Dare?" <laughs> oh, that's right. That was one of the prizes, right? Yeah, you got, got this. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I did not win Double Dare. I uh, but I did watch a lot of Double Dare and want to go to space camp, and I used to envision wanting to be an astronaut. But yeah, anyway, that's so... That's probably yeah, how you heard get... about space camp, right? Was watching all that Nickelodeon. I know that's how I heard about it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lucky winners are going to go to space camp. Yeah. Titus and they make it look like the coolest thing in the world when you see those commercials for space camp. Yeah, and not just space camp, but like there was the older kids space camp, which was like special forces camp or something. Like The, one, the one in Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, where they, the, yeah, the one in, um, where it's at, uh, Huntsville, the one at Huntsville, the NASA, at the NASA thing there, where you actually do the like underwater space station building stuff. Wait, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they like scuba certify you so you can do like the, I don't think they put you in the spacesuit underwater, but they do like, you get to go like in that giant pool where they have the mock up of the ISS and like, like do module work and stuff. We we did something similar to that, but it wasn't like we weren't scuba certified. We were I like didn't do dragging, anything in a pool. We were dragging stuff across a pool. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I, I I vaguely remember that. Yeah, like like if you were if you were like landed in a mo- if you were in a module and landed in the ocean and you had to like get out of it. Yeah 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 yeah. I, I do re- I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. we. Um, but no, like the Huntsville one was like hardcore. Yeah. Well, they and actually, you can kids. go as an adult. Like my, 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 I'm not gonna yeah. lie. My wife and I did briefly look into it as a possibility for our honeymoon. That would have been sick. That would have been so <laughs> cool. You should have done it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's, it's going to be a stipulation of marrying me. Like, yeah. Um, honeymoon is at space camp. Yeah. In so do you remember in space camp? One thing I remember is you were separated basically into groups, right? Mm-hmm. And those groups were usually named after a planet or a constellation of stars or a ship. Um, do you remember which group you were? No, I believe I was. Ca- I believe I was Calypso. Calypso. That'd be a good like. Uh... <laughs> or is it Callisto? Calypso. Calypso. I don't know. It was an ugly brown button we had to wear. Yeah, I don't remember what mine was. Listen, here's the thing. Okay, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay. I, I was give, give us your story. I, I was homesick like the minute I got there. Really? And oh yeah. And uh, the other thing is, so here's here are my first memories. Right, one is like the the sense of dread that I had about going to space camp because this is the first time I've ever gone to a camp where I didn't know anyone, and the only person with me is my cousin At. Uh-huh. And 
AT very quickly realized I was not cool. And so, like, I was not going to be hanging out with AT. So I was very much alone at this camp. I had never been away from a home. Like, I'd gone, to, I'd gone to church camp. I'd gone to Camp Summit, which was the elementary school camp. And I'd always go with my friends. And I'd gone for a week, no problem. But Space Camp, that year that I went, happened to coincide with the summer where, like, I, I pretty much spent all my, like, fi- like, Monday through Friday because of my mom's working schedule. Like, I spent Monday through Friday at my grandparents' house. And then came home for the weekends and then went back to their house for five days and went you know, back and forth. And and so, like, at the end of the summer, so I went to space camp. And so I think it was just sort of, like, it was just sort of all kind of collapsed on me, like, of just, like, not being at home. Just the emotional um, weight. Yeah. Yeah. It also kind of coincided with my burgeoning fear of the rapture. And so, like, I was <laughs> – wow. Yeah. That, that's a whole other conversation. Um, the idea of being left alone. But I – so I was – Like, imagine was, the rapture happening at space camp. That would suck. Yeah, I mean, considering that they're all like science people, you'd never even be gone because they don't believe that, all that evolution talk. But no, I was just, I was so like, just, I, I wanted to go home. And I knew like me, I wanted to go home. And that was became like my singular focus for like two days was how I could get home. Calling my mom crying every day, being like, I want to go home. All right, anyway, so we get there. Okay, so like I'm, I'm, I'm amped. I'm amped, for, I'm amped for space camp because yeah. it's like, it's space camp, right? Right, yeah, totally. It's the future. It's cool. Like it's space stuff, right? And I get there, we get registered, and like I'm all psyched because every brochure, every commercial, everything you see about Space Camp, what are the what are the campers wearing? Those cool jumpsuits. They're wearing a flight suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sky blue flight suit. Uh-huh. So as you know, you get there, you register your name, and what do they hand you? T-shirt. Friggin' t-shirt and mesh shorts. Right. <laughs> yes. That's your stupid – that's your space camp uniform is a white T-shirt with like a NASA logo. And not even the cool worm logo but like the, uh-huh. the old school one and red mesh basketball shorts. And the, the ugly button you had to wear with your team. And the ugly the button. button. And a cap, yeah. stupid red cap. So I, uh, I was immediately – but I did you find out. You basically look like Davy's little brother in Flight of the Navigator. Now listen. <laughs> it's true. Now listen. So the rules did say. If you purchase the flight suit, you could wear it. Yeah. My mom can already tell that I'm having like this homesickness thing. So she bought the flight suit. Nice. I wore that sucker every I was the only kid who had it. <laughs> You're the one kid in the, <laughs> the only kid. And here's the best part. The 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 first night of dinner, yeah. in the midst of me feeling homesick and awful, yeah. I dropped chocolate pudding on my crotch. Oh no. And I kept wearing the flight suit. <laughs> so there are photos of me from like my graduation from space camp with like this brown stain on oh, the front. Oh, you gotta find that photo for me. Right Check. on the. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Right, I'm <laughs> sure. As my mom is listening to this episode right now, she's like, I know where that's at. Um, so yes, I. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find it. Cause it'd be good to insert in the highlight reel. Um, but oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure I got it somewhere. Anyway. But uh, so, so yeah, so I got the flight suit. So I wore the flight suit the whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent so much of the time just crying and wanting to go home. So I, there's a lot of stuff I don't really remember from it. The things I do remember the most other than existential despair was, and, and, and my flight suit, uh, which I still have, and it still has the stain, um, is the, uh, the, the, because the, I've used this in sermons actually, is the, the trajectory thing. Do you remember that? Where you're like on opposite sides of a thing that spins and you have oh. to pass volleyball to each other. And yes. they explain that like yeah. how you have to like the whole concept of trajectory. Uh-huh. Um, I remember that. 
Um, I remember getting geared up to do the like get harnessed up to do the thing you climb up and sort of like build like scaffolding okay. or whatever. Um, but the way that they put the harness on me, it was like really messing up my my boy parts. And so <laughs> the pudding I, part, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I opt I opted out of that. Um, but I did. I, but I do remember they gave so the, the 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 highlight of the trip, of course, is when you actually do the shuttle mission. Yes, of course, right. They made me like the science officer, which is like the the worst job. Okay, uh, which one was that? I was down below, so I wasn't even in the cockpit. But you were in the ship. <laughs> I was on the shuttle. Well, they they do it two things. I don't know if they did it for your, their, yours this way, but for mine, they did it. You got one day where you were on the shuttle, and then the next day you were ground control. Like no, ground. they were not okay. that generous to us. Okay, so I was in so the, some kids are just the, stuck at ground control. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, no, so I was on the shuttle. At, um, I was on the shuttle, and so they gave me. I mean, I got the worst it, science job. Was dumb. Like I, I had to spin a test tube in like a thing. And yeah, I think it I missed, yeah. yeah, and I missed the commander like letting me know that we were preparing for reentry, and so like I wasn't even in my seat, and they started yelling at me like, "Get in your seat, buckle up." Um, then, uh, but when it came to ground control, like ground crew stuff, I was the flight director. Okay. which was awesome so like i got to be in charge i think that was a gimme because i was such a baby the whole week they were like we'll give them this is making feel good um our stories are very similar um, so yeah i was flight director and uh i had a lot of fun doing that the other cool thing probably the coolest thing of that whole trip though was when they took us out to see the launch pads um on the bus we the, the crawler was coming back from having put the shuttle on a launch pad. So cool. we got to see the crawler drive. Um, I was jealous of the kids who were at the camp the week ahead of us because they actually got to see the crawler with the shuttle on it. Oh, nice. I think it was Discovery. Um, for us, it was just the crawler. But, dude, that, seeing that thing move was awesome. Yeah, I think we saw the we saw the crawler, too. I don't think it was moving, though. Um, and did they take you to uh, – did you go inside the VAB? That's the – the vehicle assembly building, the largest building in the state of Florida. Probably, I don't really remember all the tours we took. Okay, they took the us crawler, in... and I think that's about it. This is a very long. Okay. I was nine years old. I, it's taking a lot to recollect. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, I remember it's just like space camp was an absolute, just complete disaster for me. Yeah, uh, same thing kind of happened to me. Um, but like. At the same time, but like I think it, it was just for me, it was just emotions. Like when I think back to Space Camp, I just feel emotions. Like I, there were highs, there were lows. It was like I was the baby crying for his mommy. It was actually my sister because I was spending a lot of time with my sister and I hadn't seen her in a long time. This is like the first year she was away from us. She had moved to Florida. And then I went to visit her and she took me to see Jurassic Park. She took me to Disney World. She took me to Universal Studios. We're having a blast. And then she took me and dropped me off at Space Camp. And I was so sad to leave her. It was like, you know, it's the baby. Like, what do you do with babies? Like, you jingle the keys in front of their face. And they go from, like, cool, nice. And then when you stop jingling, they go back to crying, right? That's basically how I would describe Space Camp. It's like, when I wasn't having fun doing Space Camp stuff, I was crying for my sister and my mom. That's yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 that's me too. Um, but it was yeah. also like a lot. Like it was overwhelming to the point where like I was that I was the homesick kid. Like that's that was my designation in the group. But luckily, people weren't like people weren't mean to me. They were nice to me for the most part. And I'm pretty sure our counselor was was kind of mean. Um, 
But then again, to a nine-year-old, I'm sure most camp counselors are mean. Um, but uh, I remember one thing that nice. one thing that stuck out was she would not let us say the word challenger. Oh yes, I, they did. They they went out of their way to do that. I now remember they did that for us too. Yeah, they, we weren't allowed to do that, and I didn't. I didn't know that. They don't tell you that. It's not like there's, they don't make an announcement like don't ever mention Challenger. Um, it just like happens if you happen to mention say the word Challenger, you get yelled at. So what happened was this is how I found out, Chuck. <laughs> Remember the day where you built the rockets and you shot them in the air? You know those, those yeah. handmade rockets. We we, yeah. we did that where they made these little rockets, and um, everyone was naming theirs, and I couldn't think of a name. I was like, what should I name mine? And then one dumb stupid smart ass kid is like you should name it the challenger and i didn't know what the challenger was oh kid and i thought the name was cool i was like okay so i wrote challenger on it the challenger the challenger disaster is like probably my earliest memory (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you should have been my friend because you would have warned me i wrote challenger on the side of this rocket that's supposed to explode (laughs) and my, my counselor saw it and she flipped like she got so angry at me like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? I'm like, he said I should name it Challenger. <laughs> and they're like, do you not know what the Challenger was? I'm like, no. I was like, that's the that's the spaceship that blew up, dude. I'm like, there's a spaceship that blew up. <laughs> that's anyway, that's how I found out about Challenger. <laughs> anyway, so that that that's that's one of my <laughs> space camp stories. You know, I was no one in our group wanted to buy the flight suit. They all thought it was nerdy um, until the last day when the guy who was who, who got to be the pilot of the ship or the shuttle, he bought a flight suit and so did the co-pilot or whatever. Dude. It, which is funny because he was one that kept saying all week, like, those things are for nerds. And, like, he bought one. Um, Dude, first of all, they the kid that it's a pilot on the on the shuttle <laughs> I know. is always the one who has like the actual pilot cockiness right like they're yeah. all like yeah. maverick or Iceman. they're all like they're those kids that like the dad is the head coach of the little league team and so that's why they're like that's why they have the little league team so that they're like little like superstar can have an outlet yeah they're walking around um, with leather jackets and aviator sunglasses you know yeah, just, <laughs> little little 10 year olds in yeah, but it's like, you know, it's like it's like the, the main kid in Salute Your Shorts. Like, they're that kid. The yeah. one who gets, like, everything, right? I'm, like, freaking donkey lips. And, <laughs> and... Well, and here's the, and here's the story. Like, I, I, I was crying all week. And I'm pretty sure, like like you said, Chuck, they, they give you the pity position. But they made mm-hmm. me the, like, the like the lead scientist who gets to sit in the cockpit, but then also puts on the spacesuit and goes out and fixes the satellite. Yeah, I wanted that job. But I screwed that up. Things can happen at summer camp that, like, can mold who you are. Mm-hmm. And this is definitely something that molded me. Because it's something that I always refer to. Like, my whole life, I have, I've had this, like, running sort of inside joke with myself. And it's called being stuck in the airlock. <laughs> and... <laughs> I need a moment because I'm 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 thinking that what's in my head is either completely accurate to what you're gonna say or 
maybe better. I did not I like know. get stuck in the airlock or anything, Chuck. I just I hesitated. And I, I, I let me get into it. Okay, we're doing okay, the mission. Okay. The mission is going great, actually. And I'm I'm in the cockpit. Like I, I love it. I, I can't believe I had this position. They probably gave it to me because I was such a baby the whole week. Hold on, just real quick. First of all, for the sake of listeners who don't know anything about space camp, I just want to explain. We're not like in space. No. <laughs> yes, uh, we are actually. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a uh, it's a what Part, you're, that's what how you're doing. It's like the front. It's like like the movie Space Camp where the kids actually don't go in space. Yeah. Um. It's like the front section of the space shuttle. Like yeah, it's yeah. like an accurate, like it's a, it's a it's a one one scale model of the actual like cockpit and like crew compartment of a of an STS space shuttle. Right. Um. And I believe it's modeled after Discovery or Columbia, something like that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I know that they did have like a flight simulator one outside that was like built into the husk of enterprise um at one point but um which was the one that never went into space but um the uh but yeah so like it's on the ground and you're sort of trying to pretend that you're doing stuff in zero gravity even though you're like total gravity yeah and the thing that you did this is why i wanted why i thought it was cool was like this is the thing where like they actually put you in the like backpack thing right and it's like on a cart, right? It's like an AV cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like you can like actually turn it. Yeah. A little bit. And like the counselor like wheels you around as you're like trying to na- navigate this thing to like fix like a satellite that is also on like wheels. Yeah. And everyone's following a script. Like you have a binder yeah. with like your. That's the thing. Yeah. There's the binder. Yeah. And you have a headset with a. Yeah. Right. So um, we're going through the lines and, and it's it's my, my turn to shine. Uh, and I, I crawl down out of the cockpit. I go into the airlock. And I'm, like, freaking out because I have this anxiety. I still have it to this day where it's, like, I second-guess every single thing I do. Even though the day before we were there, they, like, they take you through everything, like, what you're going to do. And I knew what I was supposed to do. Yeah, you do a table read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, dress rehearsal. Um, and, and then, like, you I, – I, I'm in the airlock. I put on my little space suit. And I was just like, I was afraid to open the airlock for some reason. Well, you get sucked into space. Well, <laughs> there's that. And I just remember thinking, like, is, are they supposed to open it? Or am I supposed to open it? And then I remember opening the, the outside hatch into the main compartment. Like, guys, who opens the airlock? And they were just like, shut up. <laughs> like, no, who opens? Guys, guys. And, like, no one would answer me. Because you know they're doing their mission, right? You have your script, and you have to do it like like the script actually has like like time signatures next to your lines. You have to do it in a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. it's a test. It's like real astronauts. It's a test. So we're not we haven't stressed yet. This is a test, and you have to fail or you have to pass it. Anyway, so I close that. I close the hatch, and I'm just like I'm just I'm just in this airlock, like freaking out. Like, I'm not crying, but I'm just like I don't know what to do. I'm I'm in my little spacesuit huddled under the floor like what do i do <laughs> and then and then the 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 hatch opens and one of the counselors is like what are you doing <laughs> like we're waiting for you i was like oh okay like well the time's up now like you can't do it but whatever just get on it so they put me on the on the the chair or whatever and they just like spun me around and blah blah blah, blah, blah. i didn't get to actually fix the satellite cuz i had spent all the time in the airlock 
So because of because of you hanging out in the airlock, that satellite reentered the atmosphere uh, <laughs> in such a way that it um, it took out a major city. Pretty so much. yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Miami <laughs> or T- Titusville, Florida. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. That's that just became like a theme for my life. Like that's one of my big flaws. Is like I have this weird hesitation where it's like it could be from like. JP, just ask out that girl. She's waiting for you to ask her out. And I'm like, I'm in the airlock. <laughs> and it this just, is super it, insightful. Yeah. And and it's it, it's something I've never really be, been able to overcome. Like, I really have to push against it. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, I, I got to do the spacewalk thing or whatever. But it was definitely, like, a pity thing. Like, like everything else at Space Camp because I was crying the entire time. People were just like, oh, let's throw this poor kid a bone. <laughs> yeah, dude. I will say my my homesickness went away pretty much once I was the flight director. Oh, okay. I had a blast. Yeah. You know, that just shows you when you let kids do stuff, right? Like, it helps. Um, you know, cause like, you know, let me, let me share a little, my own insights. You shared your, I'll share something was, uh, you know, I made the comment about the pilot, you know, the pilot types being like those cocky, athletic, charismatic kids. Um, and I made the comment, and I made the comment about, um, you know, these Hal Jordans, I made a comment about, um, um, you know, being like the kids who are like the star athletes on the little league team and, you know, their dad's the coach and all that. But that's like, that was my experience. I was on little league teams and where do they always put me? Okay. T-ball. Okay. T-ball. T-ball. I want, I want T-ball. They put me in left field. Yeah. It's happened to me before. (laughs) No, no, no. That was where I lived. (laughs) Yeah. I never got another chance. I was in like, and I was never like, hey, let's put him at shortstop and see how he does. Nope. Nope. Because <laughs> the head coach's kid was like the star athlete. The assistant coach's kid was like the second best. And they like got all the great positions. Me, left field. So no wonder I like didn't have interest in sports. I sat out there and pulled grass and like watched butterflies and crap. Because no kid is hitting a t-ball into left field. So that was sort of my life. And and so like going up to to the space shuttle thing, like the one thing, the, really the one thing I wanted to do at space camp, because I I adored the space shuttle. Like I loved NASA. I wanted to be an astronaut at this point. I was so interested in it, right? So like I wanted to be in the cockpit of that space shuttle. It was the only thing I wanted to do at space camp. And when they gave out the pieces, where did they put me? They put me in the bottom part, right? I wasn't even up in the like cockpit. I was in like the lower part down below, right? I was. I was like the Downton Abbey, like, you know, downstairs people. So it was like, it was the left field of fake space shuttle missions, <laughs> right? I didn't even get, and, and like, you had the cool one where you get to go out of the shuttle and do something. Do you know what my task was? I had to stick a test tube in like a little like thing where you stick your hand in the gloves, you know, like through the, like an incubator type thing. And I had to spin the test tubes and then I had to go back to my seat. You were probably the kid that told me to shut up. Probably. Um, but yeah, I just had to spin the test tube and I missed my mark by, like I, yeah, I said that earlier, but you know, so like that was so disheartening, right. To not get to do something. But then when I got to be flight director, it was like, Hey, look, here's what happens. When you let, you know, a kid do something fun. Like they blossom. They, you know, right. I had a good time. You know, I kept kids in order. I was a good leader. It was like, Whoa, like I can do these things. 
Um, yeah. I love being the flight director. The The amount of success that I had when we managed to like get the solid rocket boosters to eject at the right moment at my command. It's awesome. It's awesome. See, I always pitied everyone who had to be in ground control, but you, you dug it. I dug it. Actually, to the point, I was like, you know what? I think I would, you know, I don't need to go into space. I could do ground control. You're like Ed Harris on Apollo 13, right? You had I the, was. Probably had the white vest. I didn't have the white vest. <laughs> you know, his wife, the, the, the actual guy, what was his name? Was it Gus? That wasn't Gus Grissom. Was it Gus Grissom? Anyway, his wife actually made a new vest for him for every mission that he oversaw. And they actually, his white vest was a signature thing of his. They have them at NASA, at Kennedy Space Center. Well, that's cool. Um, um, well, I got to tell you, it, Space Camp was an interesting experience and definitely uh, formative for me. But it was nothing. nothing. You've hinted at this like military camp thing that you were part of, like 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 Trump was or whatever. It, nothing compared to this to to rich kid military camp. <laughs> what is rich kid military camp? Uh, it's actually it's actually a very prestigious camp that's been around for like I think like over a hundred years uh, called Camp Culver in okay. um, uh, South Bend, Indiana. I feel like I've where, heard of this. Where Notre Dame is. This camp's been around for like hundreds of years. And it's actually attached to a um, like a like a military academy, like boarding school. Um, also called Culver, I think. Um, and this is like a six-week-long camp, okay? You go to this, you're assigned to a division, and you're given, like, six pairs of the same color shirt and shorts, all right? I was division six, orange. <laughs> Bright orange shirts, little gray shorts. <laughs> this is the you know early 90s, so, like, little shorts are a thing. You're basically treated like a military unit in a way, but you're not, like, wearing BDUs or anything. You're not training rifles or whatever, but, like, you do have to do, like, inspections in your cabin. Um, when you do, when they do inspections, you have to, like, make it sort of, like, you have to make, you have to make your bed regulation style. Right. They got to bounce the quarter on it. Yeah, and, like, you got to, like, stand at attention next to it. You have ranks. I was corporal. Um, Game and, over, man. Yeah, <laughs> corporal Hicks. And um, wherever you went, like whenever, if you went to uh, dinner or breakfast, you had to march there. So marching was a big thing. And I hated marching. Hated marching with a passion. I was a little fat kid, okay? In the summer, you don't make a kid, little fat kid, stand at attention for an hour outside in the hot <laughs> Indiana sun in his little gray shorts. <laughs> I was miserable, Chuck, and also like the most intense homesickness I've ever felt in my life. I was like writing letters. There were like the most dramatic letters ever. My mom kept some of them. She still has them. I just oh, you gotta you gotta get a screenshot of that for the for the highlight reel because I. I'm just imagining, right? It's it's like it's a military camp, right? So it's yeah. you know this whole military thing. It's like it's like your basic training, six weeks, right? So it's like basic training because that's like eight weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. So I'm just imagining you being like, dearest mother. <laughs> no, it was more like I hate it here, mom. It's so terrible. <laughs> I cry every single day. I just love the idea that you took time to write letters. <laughs> You're thinking like 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 dispatches from the front line, like dearest Martha. 
No, I'm just thinking about like no, I'm thinking like from basic training. Okay, you know, right. like people riding like home from basic training, like it's, like, it's very hard. The drill sergeant's a jerk. I, I mean, I don't know what they sound yeah. like, but well, it was interesting because like even though it's like all military in spirit, like the style, it's actually kind of cool. Like thinking back, like they were like real log cabins that we were staying in that had been around for like decades, um, and you know, the whole legacy behind it is like pretty cool. Like there's old photos from like when the camp first started, they were like little kids in tents and stuff and wearing like, you know, like they're just like Indiana Jones in the last crusade, like when he was a kid and a, a boy scout. Um, yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're talking like, that's like legit aside from the military aspect of it. It's like legit summer camp. Yeah. But also like the kind of thing you would see like it, like on like salute your shorts or something. Yes. And no more strict than salute your shorts. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also because it's rich kid camp, a ton more activities. Like, Oh my gosh, you got to because it's a space essentially like a, like a huge school. You had stuff to do. I mean, just like there's like a catalog. You can probably go on the site right now. It's still around. There's like a catalog of activities that you sign up for. It's like going to school and then signing up for classes. And it's like I had like touch football, volleyball, lacrosse, swimming, sailing, canoeing, journalism class, and math class, which my parents may be taking. <laughs> Um, yeah, I wrote for the camp newspaper. Um, All six weeks of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had a, there was a publication every week. <laughs> um, and fantastic. Soccer and baseball, because I, I was really huge on soccer back then. Soccer was a big thing for me. And uh, so while you're doing that, you also had like the division sports, which is soccer and, and baseball. And our, our cabin in our division kicked everyone's asses in soccer because we were all Brazilian kids. <laughs> like, all, all the rich Brazilian kids came to our cabin for some reason. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, like, we killed everybody in soccer. Um, we were the champions that year. It, it ruled. Um, but, like, everybody hated me because I was a homesick kid. Like, how come, how come Post keeps winning all the soccer games? Like, <laughs> suck it. Um, but, uh, that, by the way, we all call each other our last names because, you know, military camp. Right. Um... But, like, I was just devastated. And the person who's in head of your division is called the major. And my major, at the end of it, of it all, my major told my mom, she's like, listen. He's like, listen. I've been at this camp for 30 years. Never lost a kid. I came so close to letting this kid go home. <laughs> <laughs> That's my JP. And the the things my parents do were post. doing. <laughs> no. I excelled at one thing. If, if the things my parents did to console me, they were sending me toys. Um like all kinds of care packages. Like I must have had like three Jurassic Park Jeeps in my cubby. <laughs> because I was just like crying all the time. Inconsolable. Dude. Dude, I remember like my mom, like this is this is like a I can where I think your mom and my mom have a sort of a kin a kin fellow a kin fellow thing, right? Because you know, even though like I was an only child, right? You're 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 fairly you're, you're pretty much, you're pretty you were baby, and so you were yeah. you were raised like an only child, basically, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Um, and I just like it just you talking about your parents sending you toys and stuff. I just remember in T ball. My mom, our little league or something, my mom basically being like, if you get a base hit, I'll buy you a Game Boy. <laughs> Yelling this from the stands, by the way. That's awesome. 
I um, never got the gig. But yeah, let me tell you though, Chuck, this is the formative part of this story. Okay. 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 This. Let me tell you what consoled me ultimately during this time. I learned about the legend Clubfoot, who's apparently been like a decades-long boogeyman at that camp. And okay. every counselor, every camper or lifelong camper or whatever, whoever works at the camp, all had like a different story about Clubfoot, who was apparently a counselor back in like the early 1900s or something. And he like killed all of his kids. They, uh, he took him out hiking and like a, like a tree fell on him and they all abandoned him and he, cut and he had to like cut his, his leg off and he shoved a branch up the nub. And so, like, you knew Clubfoot was coming for you. If you heard, like, a and a slide, a bang and a slide. It, it scared the crap out of me, dude. Like, I believed every word of it. There were so many. And, like, I, because I was part of the journalism class. So, I'm, like, I'm constantly, like, talking to people. Tell me more about Clubfoot. Right. Tell me more you about Clubfoot. You want the Clubfoot. scoop, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, here's another weird thing. Because the camp is so old, there's, like, different. There were, like, artifacts that people didn't know, like, why they were there. Like, so in our division, we had like six or no, like three cabins. But for some reason, our cabin had like a bear head on top of it. And the legend was like, well, actually, these all had bear heads on them. But yours is the last one. And they say if that one falls off, that's when Clubfoot comes back. (laughs) And so every day I would stare at that thing like, don't don't you fall. Don't you fall. I think I might even taken pictures of it. I may have pictures of it somewhere. And there was even like the division over next to us. There were the blue shirts. They had what looked like a, uh, like a it was a giant blue, it was a, it was a giant rock painted blue. And it had some kid's name on it. And I'm like, who's that kid? And they told me, oh, that's the kid Clubfoot killed. Like, what? <laughs> of course. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then Chuck, Chuck, one fateful night, I'm sleeping in my bunk. We've done our inspections. We're sleeping. I can't sleep, of course, because I'm freaked out every night over this clubfoot nonsense. <laughs> and then I notice something. A flickering out the window. An amberish flicker. I get up and look out because it's starting to kind of like make the inside of our cabin brighter. And our cabin was situated next to like a like a field that we use for like soccer and intramural sports and stuff. And across the way were the girls' cabins. And I look across, I look <clears> through <throat> the window and across the field, the cabin, a cabin is set on fire. It's on fire. And I'm like, there's a cabin on fire! And like everyone in the bunk, everyone in the, in the cabin wakes up. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Clubfoot. Oh my God, he's here. He's gone after the girls. And like everyone is freaking out. A cabin literally did catch on fire and burn down, by the way. Everyone was safe. <laughs> But, like, just in the middle of the night, this cabin got on fire and burned to the ground. I guess it's, like, faulty electricity. Like, the, the, the cabins were so old. Right. <laughs> like, so, yeah, that was, like, the big story for, like, the rest of the summer was, like, what happened in that cabin. And, like, everyone was like, Clubfoot did it. <laughs> Fantastic. And then after that it happened... I don't know. I think one night my my counselor or I guess sergeant or whatever, I don't know. He was like, "You need to calm down over this clubfoot stuff. It's not real. <laughs> like it's there's no such thing. 
everyone has different stories because they're just making it up. It's just a thing. It's it's a tradition. I was like, okay, all right. I mean, you know, I I, I know that. I know. <laughs> but then after that, that's when I started to like think about like horror movies. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I started to kind of like think about all these stories I had heard about Club from from all these different people, and was sort of like sequencing them in my mind. And I was I started making a horror movie in my head. And that brought me an immense amount of comfort. And I would talk about this with like my other fellow, you know, bunk mates every day. The club, uh, foot, the club foot crew, about the club the, foot club. Yeah, and they loved it. We talked about it every time. We talked about like the club foot movie, what would happen in it, and stuff. Um, and so that was that was another huge formative thing, you know, being stuck. The club in the foot of Camp Culver. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so weird because it, it, it's, you know, so, so spoiled. Like, it was such a cool camp that, like, every kid would probably dream about going to, like, times 10. Although I don't think they were like the strictness. There was one counselor who hated my guts. We were standing around doing something. I don't know. We were about to, we were about to fall in line to march. I saw this odd-looking pebble on the ground. It, it looked like one of those things that you would put, like, in a fishbowl, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I pick it up. I looked at it. Our shorts don't have pockets, <laughs> so I can't like pocket the thing. And I put it on like the like a, like a fire hydrant. And this counselor sees me, and he goes post. I'm like what what what? So he tells me to come over. Here. I stand at attention in front of him, and he's like, "Why are you littering?" I was like, "It's a rock. I found a rock, sir." And he's like, "No, it wasn't. That was garbage." And he said, go pick it up. So I went to go pick it up, and I'm holding it, and he goes, eat it. He was, was about like, like a piece of candy or something? I don't know what he was thinking, dude. I don't know. I was holding this thing, and he just goes, eat it. And I, I just couldn't do it. I, I, was stuck in, I was stuck in the airlock at that time, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you shouldn't have eaten it. Yeah, thank God. And I was just like, I just kind of froze. Like, I don't know I should do that. Like, it's going to kill me. See, you, were, you spent the whole week afraid of Clubfoot when the real monster... It was. Was that was that counselor? Because the next a few a few days later, we were I was standing around with him and a group of kids, and I didn't notice that I was standing on his foot, and he had a clipboard with a with a sharpie, and he was marking things, and when I had accidentally stepped on his foot, he slashed the sharpie across my neck. You know why? Why? Because his foot was a club, and <laughs> you almost outed him. But here's the thing. And here's the best part of this little story. He brought his girlfriend to the cabin a couple days later. And they decided to have their own extracurricular activities in the cabin. Nice. Every single person in the cabin knew about. They all huddled outside his room and looked inside his window and started cheering. Wow. (laughs) And then that counselor got kicked out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, like, my, like, all the stuff that I've learned from, like, school world, and because a lot of this, like, trainings that we have around, like, abusive behaviors also yeah. are, like, it's, like, curriculum that's used for, like, schools and camps. So, like, I'm, like, triggering. I'm, like, well, if this kid, if, dude, of course this guy acted like he did toward you because he's got problems. And Yeah. Anyway. And then, um, and then the, the big moment of truth I was kind of starting to get over the homesickness a little bit because 
it was kind of towards the end of the camp, and so all the sports were starting to starting to ramp up to, towards like championships and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, kind of like game. This was a time in my life where I was actually into sports, believe it or not. And one of my classes was wrestling. Nice. And I definitely took it thinking it was going to be like WWE wrestling, like. <laughs> And I think it'd be like Olympic wrestling. And I remember my first day be like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's like that episode of, si- of uh, South Park. Yeah. Where like the kids are into wrestling and the wrestling coach is all like excited about it. But then yeah. it turns out that's like, that's the, actually that's one that introduces the whole like, they took her dribs uh, yeah. or brought it back. Cause it was the, yeah. Yeah. But like we, we won like the big soccer championship and I'm pretty sure our big wooden plaque is still in the cabin. Um, because they keep them there, like as like leg- as like legacies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got in my wrestling class, and they and for some reason they paired me up with the best wrestler on camp. <laughs> and I remember speaking like, uh, I mean, so the Johnny Lawrence of of camp wrestling. <laughs> I guess so. I was like, do you just want to declare a winner? Like, I don't even know if we should. He said, come on, man, let's do it. Come on. I'm like, okay. <laughs> And no I lie, have my character worked out. Uh, but okay, fine. <laughs> and no Which lie, dude. I don't. Yeah. I as soon deal? as they blew the whistle, like he just grabs me, pins me. It's over. You should have. You should have been like, like, hold on, let me get my eye makeup on. Uh, but yeah, dude, that that's my uh, rich kid military camp experience. Yeah, I. Dude, we could keep going because like <laughs> we haven't even scratched the surface of like. Like my experiences with uh, Christian, you know, youth camp. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I went every summer to what was called Power Charge. Oh, what's that? I had to know. Uh, it was an evangelical youth camp that drew like youth from like all over the South, like Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. It started out by meeting at the University of North Florida in Jacksonville on the campus there. So like we stayed in dorm rooms. That was like my first experience of like a college campus. And that's when I was like, I'll go to college. Um, and I thought about, I actually thought about like, I'll just go to, you know, go to this college. Um, Cause it's the only one I knew. And so therefore it's the only college that, that exists. Um, but um, I've got, I've got some embarrassing stories that I won't share on the podcast. Um, but uh, the thing about like youth, about this kind of youth camp, and I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this, is it was it was sort of meant to be like a, like a re- religious revival kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I can barely remember what the format was, but it was like in the morning we'd have like a worship service and like a sermon. And then during the day we would have like some kind of event or an outing, like maybe go to the beach or whatever. And then um, and then we come back, you know, we have lunch. We, then we like, oh, there was like another like worship service. I think there was like three worship services a day, but that's pretty much what it was. It was just so many worship services. But the thing is, is that all they talked about for a solid week was just about like how terrible a person you are. And it was just all about like, don't have sex, don't do drugs, don't drink, don't cuss. Just like all about, you know, trying to basically like to be a good Christian, you have to behave and that's just like all it was for summer after summer after summer. And you would get whipped up into this whole, like every year is like, you get whipped up into this like feeling of like, Oh, I'm awful. I've done awful things. I need to recommit my life to the Lord. And so you would do that. You, at the end of the camp, you go forward and you make something dramatic, you know, display. And then you go, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so you would, and then you would go back to school Mm -hmm. and then like, 
you feel guilty for not like reading your Bible as much as you had said you were going to. And then you're like, Oh, you know, I'm really into like girls. And so like, I'm paying attention to that now. And you feel like you're letting your relationship with Jesus slip. And then it goes and goes and goes and goes. And then the next until, until like summer comes back around and you go back to camp and you ride the wave again. And then it, it, it just, but like, it was just, you know, that's just what it was. I mean, it was cool when I was a kid because it was like, get away and, and meet different people and be with my friends and just have fun you know, and just had to put up with the with the churchy stuff. And we, you know, some of the preachers I really liked. It was funny. Uh, this one guy, his name is Stuart. I remember his last name. But we always thought he was really funny because he, you know, he had all these, like, impersonations of gay people and gay jokes and stuff. And, like, I look back on it now and I'm like, God, that was horrible. Like, the stuff that we were, that we'd laugh at about Oh, God, people. I don't even want it. Oh. And, The rich kid you know, military so, camp jokes. Well, but yeah, our thing was just, you know, basically like it was all about like how sin, like all about sin and how sin is bad. Like this is what it was just year after year is about making you realize what a horrible sinner you were and how you needed to like repent and all the bad things you did throughout the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, the last time that I went, I remember, um, I was actually an adult. Um, Keelan and I had decided to I well I wanted to pay my grandmother had just moved to Georgia and so I wanted to surprise her and so I was planning on doing a road trip up to Georgia to surprise my grandmother at her new apartment and she'd been there a couple months and uh Keelan was just like well I'll come with you so like, we'll, we'll road trip to Georgia together well by this time power charge had started meeting at the um convention center in Valdosta and um Valdosta is you know is a pretty much a halfway point between Orlando and, and Atlanta so, you know, we had gone to the camp every year. And when we found out that the camp was going on the same time that we're doing the road trip, we were like, dude, wouldn't it be funny if we just like booked a room in the hotel where like the youth group is staying and we just like, so we'll like be there, but we're not part of the camp. <laughs> and like, so we did this, we get there, we find out that the hotel that we're staying in, uh, that they're staying in has room available. We get a room like two doors down is actually, and, Incidentally, it was that trip that Keelan and Maria, his now wife, first started talking. Oh. Um, so yeah, but um, yeah, so we we did we 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 booked a room at this hotel for a couple of days. We went to a couple of worship service stuff, but then we didn't do the other camp things, and that like sent the church camp chaperone people from our church through a loop. They're like, well, they're, but they're here, but they're not doing the, but they, they gotta, <laughs> and we're like. We're 19. <laughs> we are not youth group people anymore, and we are not part of your camp. We are just happening to stay at the same hotel. Yeah. So, um, but um, we went up, did a few days in Georgia, with my, and we came back, and we did like another night at the. We, we managed to get another room at the hotel at like the last night, and so we went to like the closing service because you know our friends were there and and stuff. Um, and I can remember. Like I was, I was starting to, it was, it was so effective, right? I wasn't even there for the camp for the whole week, but I was feeling that like, you really need to rededicate your late, your life to the Lord. Like you really got to do that. You know, you're, 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 you've been doing bad stuff and you got to get, you got to get your life right. And the thing is, is like, I never did anything that bad. You know what I mean? Like I didn't even yeah. have a girlfriend until I was out of high school. I, I never drank alcohol until I was pretty much of legal age. I never did drugs. I, I, <clears throat> I hadn't done them at that point. Um, <laughs> But, like, I was a good kid. I spent most of my time in church, right? But I was still made to feel awful. Dude, um, I had the same experience. I think about that a lot, too, that, like, I never did anything bad in high school. Like, I was not 
I mean, I, I'm sure my, my first two years in high school in Orlando, I might have hung out with the stoner kids, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> like, they didn't do it in front yeah. of me. It was at school. So, like, we, I don't know. It's weird. Well, I was. Yeah. I feel like I was always kind of made to feel like I was a bad kid. Yeah, I, I I got that a lot too, and it was. But I was, and that's I think the thing that made me so mad is like going to my get my Christian school too. Like I would have that reputation, and I, but I'd look at the students that were like treated as like the model students, and I knew what they were doing with their free time on the weekends, and I'm like, hold on, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's just, they just know how to play the game. Right. Um, but I. Um, but anyway, like, so since we're talking about formative things at camps, like this was a really formative thing. Is like I was getting ready to, dude. I was getting ready to like leave my chair and go to the front, like to the like you know stage altar area and like do the whole big shebang that I'm gonna like rededicate my life to the Lord and get things right. And it's like in Scripture they talk about that still small voice, you know, that like that still small voice that tells you stuff, that voice of God or whatever. And I shouldn't say like whatever. It was the voice of God. Um, and I felt that, like, I felt that, like, internal voice that was just like, you just want to go forward because you want the emotional high. That's the only reason you're doing this. I'm like, whoa, that's right. That's totally true. Like, you just want the emotional spiritual high. And it's like, if you meant it last year, then you don't have to go forward. Because you're, you're that's not what this is about. You don't actually really care about the promises you made last year. You just care about feeling this, like, big-time spiritual energy that, like, You've basically been surrounded by a church culture that has made you feel that, like, you always have to be, like, at this level of, of, of energy. That the idea of, like, living your spirituality in a trough is a bad thing. Plus, but you've got those teenage hormones and emotions you're dealing with, too, on top of all of that. Right. So, so I, I was like, okay, you're right, Lord. Like, I'm not going to do that. And and I didn't. And I I think I'm better for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I go back to that a lot because, you know, I, I realized how much of I realized how many people in, in the church world tend to confuse exuberance with conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized, like, yeah, we, we just do a lot of emotionalism in the church. And that's really what it was. It was emotional manipulation. I spent years of my teenage, I spent, you know, so much of my teenage years being emotionally manipulated by people who, like, confused an actual relationship with Jesus with like obedience to an arbitrary set of rules and also just being like really excited about that obedience to that arbitrary set of rules. Right. Cause don't ask the tough questions. Don't do that. Like a, yeah. Just have like a very strange relationship with your own emotions and your own feelings and stuff. Right. To call it so, something it actually is. Yeah. Um, you know, and so like, uh, you know, I mean, like, I guess it's not a whole lot to talk about, I guess, with youth camp. I mean, I did it every year and it was, but it was just like a week long sort of meant to be like a, like a revival. Um, I mean, it, and I, I liked it because I went to a, a Baptist church that was huge, but it tried to be really traditional. And so that was my exposure to like praise and worship music and to like more contemporary evangelical church stuff that I wanted our church to be at the time, you know, and then also on top of that, it was like cute girls that would show up that, uh, you know, I would, uh, not flirt with, but just like long for, <laughs> cause yeah. I never had the confidence to talk to them. Cause like you, I was stuck in the airlock, you know, but like I went to children's camp too, which is a church children's camp. And I, I have no idea what the heck that thing was. We had worship services, but for the most part, it was just like, we hung out. We did like morning church, evening church, and then we did like horseback riding, canoeing, stuff like that during the day. Um, my fondest memories that were going to the snack 
stand and buying like Dr. Pepper. That was like the first time I ever had Dr. Pepper was at that. So um, Dr. Pepper and Airheads, that was like the thing at those camps. But, um, you know, they were a small scale. I never did anything like, you know, other than like Space Camp was like the biggest sort of like mainstream camp thing that I ever did. I never did anything like what you're talking about. You know, I was got the idea of being away for an entire summer. It was you know, rough. The way I could have handled that. It was, it was it was rough. Yeah, they did get to have one weekend of of leave absence. Oh yeah, they got to go home for like two days, and then <laughs> oh that that that'd just make it worse. It did. It was a bad idea. <laughs> it was a bad idea. It was a really bad idea because that was a summer that Lion King and Forrest Gump came out, and I saw the Lion King before I went off to camp, and then I saw Forrest Gump when I came back. Oh, you saw Forrest Gump during your leave of absence? Uh huh. There's no way that could have been helpful for you emotionally. <laughs> that would be so friggin' sad. I know. I know. I don't know. I feel like the second half was probably a little bit better, but still, I don't know. There are still moments that are pretty kind of intense um, that I think about, especially when, I, when like, we, we had to go to church every weekend. Um, we, had, of course, had our, our choosings of traditional or evangelical or, like, like, Catholic or Protestant. They also had temple for the Jewish kids and... Um, that might have been where they, I think that was it. Um, and my major looked a lot like my dad. And so whenever I would go to church, there was this little sidewalk that came around the building that my major would come around in. And he wore the, like, the exact same clothes my dad used to wear. And every time he came around, I thought it was, I always thought it was my dad. Oh, dude. Every weekend, I thought my dad was, was, was coming to see me. Oh. <sighs> That's heartbreaking. At church. Dude. Yeah. My, uh, so one of the stories my father-in-law, so, you know, know, my father-in-law grew up here in Hawaii. And, uh, one of the stories that he, that he tells is, uh, the, his time with a summer camp, YMCA summer camp, Camp Erdman on the North shore, which is right next to Camp Mokuleia where I was at last week. And he, he used to tell the story. He went to YMCA camp and he got super homesick. And he called home and was like, I'm coming home. Like, you guys are coming to get me. And he was determined that they were going to come home. And so he, like, packed his bags and he sat on this little, like, lava rock wall and waited for his mom to come get him. And she never came. (laughs) Uh, Because they were like, it's for your good. You got to stay. Well, the thing that was kind of wonderful is we drove that direction to go do a hike. And so we drove through Camp Erdman. And the little wall is still there. And uh, so... I was thinking it'd be funny to sit down and take a picture and send it to him. We didn't do it though, but I think I'm gonna when they when they're here, my my in laws are coming uh, soon. I think Ray and I, uh, my father and I, and I are gonna go. I think the two of us should sit on the sit on this the wall and That's take so a picture, funny. or just take a picture of him in his advanced age and be like, "Still waiting, mom." <laughs> yeah, I, I I often thought those first couple of weeks, I there were definitely there was definitely scheming happening. Every once mm-hmm. in a while, I was like, what if I just pretended to faint right now? <laughs> like, what if I did yeah. something to hurt myself? But I was like, oh, no, I was too much of a wuss. Like, no. <laughs> well, you know, if I had been smart, right? If I had been smart, I could have just done something to get myself into, like, a serious amount of trouble and yeah. just get me kicked out of the camp. Right. But, like, you don't want to do that. No. Because then you just get in trouble at home, and it's not, like, a pl- pleasant home experience. Yeah. It's a waste of money on their part. It's like... You know. Right. Well, and that was the thing. I mean, my I, God, my mom, my mom spent so much money on Space Camp, and I know that's why she was like, "I'm not coming to get you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why they did not come to get me at that rich kid military 
Yeah, yeah, like we spent this exorbitant amount of money on you. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna stay. Yeah, um, yeah, but I know camp man. I wonder, I wonder if our listeners like because like Kane out like my wife. I tell her these stories about camp and like homesickness, and she it's such a foreign concept for her because she was always like one of these kids that was just like she thrived. Take me, huh? She thrived. Oh yeah, yeah. get me away from my familiar surroundings and like let me be my own person and or like explore being a different kind of person than the people I'm normally. I mean, she loved it. Like right. her parents couldn't leave soon enough when she showed up to things. Um, yeah, I, and, 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 and I wonder what it is. I wonder what it is that ultimately makes someone like homesick. I've never really looked at the psychology of it, um, but it, it is kind of strange that like you know she's sort of devastatingly homesick when I was at space camp. Even more so at 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 Culver, um, but why not when I was a kid going to Sky Ranch? Yeah, I don't remember being I mean, homesick at all. I'm like, I actually remember like enjoying it and thinking it was fun. Yeah, I mean, I was never homesick like at my children's. Camp. I mean, I went to Camp Summit for five years, and then I go to then I go to Space Camp, and yeah. I'm super homesick. But again, I went with all my friends, so that was a different situation, I guess. Yeah. Can I tell one more embarrassing story from from Culver? Sure. Sure. So we, um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to tell a Kana story about space camp. Okay. We, uh, we were going to go on the blob. It was kind of one of our days off and, um, kind of go out in the middle of nowhere. And I remember waiting in line for the blob and it was just like not moving. I don't know. It just took forever for some reason for people to enjoy the blob because so one kid would like, would like stay on it and the other kids try to get him off of it. And it would just take forever. And so I'm waiting forever in line. I'm sitting down, and all of a sudden I realize I have to pee. Like, I really got to go. Really, really got to go. And I'm sitting on my life vest, and I'm just like, what if I just go? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I'm in swim shorts. Um, no one would notice, right? Let's go. And, I, and I'm sitting down. Well, I wasn't necessarily sitting down on like a patch of grass or anything. I was like on a rock with like dust around me. And I sort of <laughs> underestimated gravity. We always do. And so I just, I let it rip. Just, I don't know. Just, just started, I'm just going to go. I started going. And it just like a puddle just started forming all around me. And then everyone's like, post is being. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you have to make a you have to make a screenplay. <laughs> I, was, out of... I was a wreck, dude. I was a wreck at that <laughs> stupid camp. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's was, it was amazing that people even befriended me. Dude, was... you have to. This, this is the kind of stuff because like it, summer camp movies are a thing, right? But like, yeah. they're never they're never like this embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And it's I was like Ben Stiller and, 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 and all those Meet the Parents movies where just like you just made every wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, I was going to tell the Kana story, but like it's like kind of sweetly endearing. And I don't know, like that's, that, that, that might be the story to end on. <laughs> I want to hear the Kana story, though. Go for it. All right. So Kana is a space camp, right? Again, she thrived. She loved it. OK, so yeah. here's the thing. Kana, one of the things Kana, my wife, told me when I first met her and she said, if we had met when we were younger, we would not have liked each other because I was like rebellious, not really rebellious. I was a skater kid. Right. Um, and she was a know it all. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to under, like, like, like 
we my my wife and I have been rewatching uh, Modern Family, and she identifies with Alex okay. so much, which is a smart daughter on American American Family. She's kind of a Daria type. Yes, that was also one of Kana's favorite shows as, as a teenager. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Very so 90s. so Kana's is you know you know and you know my wife she she fits the mold perfectly you know she's oh, yeah. dark 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 hair glasses the whole thing right um, so. So she's a know-it-all, and she goes to space camp. Like, it was like probably the year after I did, because we, we actually had a we, – we, we, there was a moment where we thought we were both at the same space camp, but it turns out we were not, because um, she did not remember the kid in the flight suit with putting on his crotch, which everyone would have remembered. <laughs> um, yeah. so, um, so, she, uh, so she's just know-it-all, right? And on top of that, her one of her absolute favorite movies is Apollo 13, and she has like the entire movie memorized and has every fact about the movie memorized. She said all this NASA stuff memorized, and so she like ex- like the way she told she like exhausted her counselors with like correcting them on like whenever they were wrong about <laughs> space facts and oh, stuff. God. Oh jeez, yeah, We're going home, dude. Dude, I have I, I I have I took a photo of it on my Instagram. I'll have to share it with you. But one of the things that I found. She was going to get rid of this. I was like, you're not getting rid of this because I'm going to live vicariously through this. But she got like like the camper gold medal nice. at space camp. Awesome. Like, she has the medal. Wow. Yeah. So um, that, she was the star camper. Okay. <laughs> so because of this, she – I'm trying to remember how like ex- the exact – I wish she was here to tell the story because she'd probably tell it better. But so – Again, she's just this little know-it-all and just annoying everyone. <laughs> it's like the way she tells it. Um, when it comes time for selecting, for selecting the uh, the space shuttle missions, like putting your name in for the things you want, uh, I think she was sort of feeling, she's sort of feeling a little bit like she doesn't want to be too much of a show-off. Mm-hmm. So she didn't pick Commander hmm. because I think she thought that they were just going to give it to her anyway. Yeah. So she picked something else to try to be like humble. Yeah. And so they gave her what she wanted. And it was, I think it was the same stupid science mission that I had. (laughs) (laughs) So she was like in the belly of the, of the ship. She wasn't in the thing. And she was so mad because the kid who got like command, like, like commander of the mission or whatever was like, you know, just arrogant and didn't know anything because he's a hot shot pilot. Um, Smoking cigars in the bunk. Yeah, dude. You know. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, so wait, that's like so. Her, so she was so mad. She's like, "Why didn't I get the thing?" You know. So like, she tells a story about how you know it was. It, her lesson was, you know, say what you want, <laughs> rather than <laughs> you know try to pretend at being something else or whatever. But she was so like whatever. But I, I just, I. But she still ended up getting like the camper of the week award. You know, she and I couldn't be more different in regard to this stuff. Like, again, like, you know, again, Sounds she thrived at camps and thrived. And I'm jealous of it. I'm so jealous of my wife. And I, I'm thinking about this time because her birthday's tomorrow. And it's just like, well, how do you ah, man. Yeah, she's she's awesome. And uh, I'm just, you know, like, I still get worked up on, like, going on vacation somewhere. Right. Really? Like. Yeah, I'm like, uh, what if there's something we need to be doing here at home? Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, you get stuck in the airlock, too. I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Except for when I met her. Right. When I met her, I stepped out of the airlock. Well, there you go. 
you defeated Clubfoot and you stepped out of that <laughs> Dude, maybe you should combine these stories. It's like <laughs> Clubfoot and space. Space camp, but like Clubfoot is like... That's the sequel. Space monster. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, because you got to go to space. Yeah. Just like the Fast and the Furious. They're right. finally going to space. Right. It's just the movie Space Camp, but with a Jason Voorhees type character. It's, it's Space Camp meets Jason X. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's just Jason X. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, so that's that's. Good. I think we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Um, uh, let's let's end with a little camp announcement. Hello, campers. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, Counselor Jones uh, giving an announcement. Um, please, uh, first we gotta just say, uh, can you refrain from leaving your potato chip bags around the pool? Um, <laughs> it's bringing raccoons. And as you know, those have rabies, and so we uh, we don't want you to be exposed to those things. Uh, also, we're receiving reports that some of you um, are failing to cover your uh, bathroom business in the privies with lo- with the leaves. Um, that that keeps the odor down. So we're gonna really need you to keep uh, keep that, keep doing that. Thank you. Um, and then lastly, uh, tonight's dinner uh, was supposed to be Salisbury steak. Um, but instead, um, we are going to be having uh, cheese pizza. Um, d- but don't, don't, uh, it's not delivery. I don't want you to think that. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it, it is it is cheese pizza uh, with a side of corn. Um, <laughs> in your choice of milk or orange juice. Oh, God. Um, oh, and I, I, just, I just received word from uh, the head counselor uh, that... Um, you guys need to stop teasing Post. Um, he's obviously a very homesick child. Be a, good, be a good camper, okay? Be a good camper from your division and uh, and, and look out for him. Uh, oh, in uh, unrelated news, um, the uh, the bear head finally fell off the last cabin. Oh, God, no. If you find it, uh, please let us know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a great day, campers, and uh, stay safe out there. Don't forget your, uh, don't forget your bug spray and your sunscreen. Good journey.